0: Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 37. Do you ever ask the question, what does the future hold for me? Or maybe even, when will Jesus return? Or, why does God allow suffering? And in today's passages, those questions are asked, but the answer to those questions is sometimes a little confusing, and we don't have the whole answer. But there are some things that we know, the things revealed, But there are also things that we don't know about the answers, the secret things.
1: When I first encountered Jesus, I thought I had to know the answer to every question about faith. However, the more I have studied the Bible, the more I've realized we do not need to know the answer to everything. There is such a thing as healthy agnosticism, or what might be described as biblical agnosticism. There are some questions to which we do know the answer. But there are other questions to which the best answer we can give is, I don't know. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us. We need to be clear about what the Bible is clear about. Don't be agnostic about what you can know. Equally, don't be dogmatic about the things that the Bible is agnostic about. In today's passages, we see three examples of big questions that are frequently asked. In answer to each of these questions, there are some things we know the things revealed, and some things we don't know, the secret things.
0: From Psalm 18 You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me.
1: What does the future hold for me? At one point in my life, I developed a tendency to catastrophize, especially about health issues. If I experienced the slightest pain or symptom, I would assume the worst. I was really helped by someone who pointed this out to me and said that to catastrophize means to overestimate the danger and underestimate your ability to cope. Catastrophizing leads to fear and is the opposite of faith. Fear tells you that you will not be able to cope. Faith tells you that your Father in Heaven knows when you will need strength to cope and He will supply all you need just in time. God will arm you with the strength that you need for whatever lies ahead. God had given David victory over all his enemies. As David looks back at these battles, he says, You armed me with strength for the battle. These were not the last enemies that David would have to fight. Plenty of battles lay ahead. First, what you don't know. Like David, what you don't know is what battles lie ahead. However, for most of us, it would probably be very unhelpful to know exactly what the battles will be. Second, what you do know. As the saying goes, we don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. What David knew was that since God had armed him with strength in the past, he would do so in the future. You can know that God will supply you with the strength you need when you need it. Lord, thank you that I can be confident that your Holy Spirit will arm me with strength just in time for whatever battles lie ahead. New Testament
0: from Matthew 24 and 25 At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom! Come to meet him! Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil! Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut.
1: When will Jesus return? Jesus speaks about his return, the second coming. He says that there are certain things about this that you are supposed to know, and certain things that you do not know. You have no idea what day your master will show up, but you do know. First, What you don't know. Jesus makes it absolutely clear that no one knows when he will return. He says, no one knows about that day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the father. There are certain questions to which even Jesus, when he was on earth, had to say, I don't know. So much time and energy has been wasted speculating about the exact time when Jesus will return. You are not meant to know when Jesus will come back because you are supposed to keep watch and be ready for him to return at any moment. Second, what you do know, Jesus tells us to learn from the fig tree. When the leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Jesus says if you look at the signs, then you know that Jesus' coming is near. Therefore, you are to keep watch and be ready. You know too, that although his coming is near, it may be a long time before he comes. And you also know, That he will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Whenever he comes, it's going to be a surprise, and the key is to be ready for him to come at any moment. To enable you to see what it means to be ready for his return, Jesus paints a picture of the difference between a servant being wise or wicked. The wise servant remains ready for their master's return by remaining faithful to their master's instructions and honorable in the way they treat others. The wicked servant is faithless to their master's instructions, and destructive in how they treat others. The conclusion is markedly different. In other words, you are ready for Jesus' return if you live a life where you love God and love others. However, underneath this love for God and love for others is the key component of what it means to be ready for Jesus' return. In the parable of the ten virgins, the bridegroom says to those virgins who have been asleep and are not ready, I don't know you. We see here that the key lies in a different type of knowing. It's not intellectual knowledge, but personal knowledge. Ultimately, it's not about what you know. It's about whom you know. It's about having a personal relationship with a bridegroom. In the end, this is what matters more than anything else, knowing Jesus. Lord, thank you that all that matters in the end is that I know you. Help me each day to get to know you better. Old Testament from Job
0: 38-40 to Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man, I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Why does God allow suffering? As we reach the climax
1: of the book of Job after many chapters of Job and his friends asking questions of God the tables are turned and God starts asking questions. This passage might be described as Job's final examination. In his exam paper there are numerous questions to which he does not know the answer. We see that in answer to the question that is so often asked why does God allow suffering? There are some things we know and some things we don't know. The Lord's complaint about Job's friends was that they had spoken words without knowledge. Instead of saying, I don't know, they had tried to explain Job's suffering, but without really knowing the answers. First, what you don't know. God asks him 49 questions in poetic language about the natural universe to which Job, if given the chance, would surely respond, I don't know. Many of the questions start, do you know? It's almost as if God is lovingly teasing Job. He says to him, Surely you know? And tell me if you know it all. The point of God's questioning is to demonstrate the fact that there are certain things we do not know as human beings. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. This is especially true in relation to the issue of suffering. Theologians and philosophers have wrestled for centuries with the problem of suffering and no one's ever come up with a simple and complete solution. When you're suffering, you will not always be able to work out why. God never told Job why he was suffering, even though we know part of the answer from the start of the book. But he did tell him that there was a good reason. He pointed out to Job that he really knew very little about the universe and asked him to trust God. The book of Job is not so much about why God allows suffering, theodicy. It's about the appearance of God in the midst of suffering, theophany and how we should respond to suffering. Second, what you do know. In tomorrow's passage, we will see that Job recognized that there are some things too wonderful for me to know. In other words, there are some things you are never going to know in this life. On the other hand, there are some things you can know. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. You can know that God is ultimately in control and therefore you can live at peace and confidently trust that in everything God will work for the good of those who love him. Lord, I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Help me to have humility about the secret things that I cannot know and to be confident about the things that I can know. Pepper adds. In Matthew 24, verse 44, it says, So you must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Just occasionally, when I've not been expecting anyone, or there's no meetings in the house, I've got distracted and not cleared away breakfast and the general mess, and then the doorbell has rung and some unexpected visitors have arrived. And I found myself throwing things in the dishwasher, into the cupboards, back in the fridge. And I know the panic of being caught unprepared. How much more terrifying when Jesus returns. It is not the tidy house that he's looking for, but the prepared life. And that needs constant work.
0: Let's pray. Lord, thank you. That there are things that I do know about you. But also thank you that there are things I don't know. That I get to find out and discover. Lord, I pray for peace in our world today. I pray for peace over my family, my friends and the world around me. Bring your peace by your Holy Spirit. Let's think about a country now that needs peace and pray over that country.